Everybody and welcome back to the ATI Podcast. Barrett, here we got Josh back in the Pound Palace, the ATI Podcast studio. How you doing, Josh? Pretty good. I'm about to get real hard in this hard saddle and uh, whip this pony into shape and get back at it, baby. Yep, we got to get hard for what we have laid out here tonight, and that is one hardcore band from St. Louis. Yeah. A more traditional style hardcore band, which I'm really excited to talk to. These are guys that have been around the scene for, I guess, they're going to be approaching 19 years, I think, as of awesome, next year, dude. or real close to it, or 18. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And you played with these guys, yeah. right? Yeah. I played with these guys way back when. Um, I know at least on one, if not two different shows, and I think they were both at Cicero's. I know I, the one for, that I know of for sure. We played the last like home reunion show with these guys. They played there. That's awesome. So that was a pretty good time. So. What an epic show, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I believe we may have played a Halloween show with them at, at Cicero's as well. I dressed like uh, Marty McFly, and everybody thought I was like a preppy guy. <laughs> they they didn't realize like I was like in a costume. Like a 2006 yeah. Abercrombie guy. <laughs> I, I was wearing like a fucking like American Eagle like plaid western shirt, but I had like my big puffy blue vest yeah. on over it, oh, which nice. looked like Marty McFly. Yeah, I would have got and it. And I wore my like grandpa sneakers and some <laughs> jeans. And like rolled them up, and they had, the jeans were like the knees were worn out in. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of obvious, and I did my hair a little bit like... You know? Yeah. And I was kind of twitching around like Michael J. Fox. You know? <laughs> Getting jiggy with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So nobody got it. Nobody got it. Uh, they just thought it was some preppy asshole. And, uh, They're like, who's this douchebag? I got sideways looks all night and <laughs> nobody cared to talk to me. So so anyways, we're here tonight and I'm going to get my vengeance on the disappeared apparently for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're really excited to be talking to the disappeared. If it, If nothing else, hopefully it'll come across the uh, audio waves today and then it's just to at least you know pay homage to somebody that's like you know really been hard at it beating the pavement um this long and you know it's unusual to have that longevity particularly in the midwest and uh, i know they have a good name about them and so i know they're trying to ramp back up here and then they've got several singles and projects i think that they're going to be revealing tonight that are that is in the works and uh, i know that they got a show here in the next week too and they're playing with a former guest of ATI Podcast. It's Wes Hoffman, so oh, very probably nice. be doing a little local show promotion for St. Louis. So. Yeah, that'll be a good show. Yeah. yeah if you guys good. need a really nice show to get out and see, go check out that. That'll be great, because yeah. Wes is awesome, and, those, and these guys are awesome. Yeah. What I really think that The Disappeared is great at, and we'll get into that with them too, but, you know, before them getting here, is I think they are, like, one of the best live bands in our area to actually see. Not only do they perform... You know, their performances are on par. You know, what you hear recorded, they're able to reproduce that live. But physically, you know, they engage with the crowd. And, high energy. You know, very high energy. That's cool. That's and they're, cool. they're maintaining. They don't miss a note. Yeah. And it makes this the is show like some fat, fast, like, you know, punk, hardcore stuff. Yeah. It's, 
you gotta have some cardio for that shit, man. It makes the show more memorable, in my opinion. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you remember how crazy that fucking show right. was? Like, that's the shit that I love at shows. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's awesome. They're doing that. And I, I think that bands that bring that type of energy, like, even if it's not your normal genre that you like, you're gonna give more time and attention to or be more patient with it because they are engaging you and they are, you know. Right, right taking you know center stage with your attention so but yeah i think these guys are like one of the funnest bands to see in st louis and you're really doing yourself a disservice if you've never seen the disappeared live so but uh we'll go on more about that once we get these guys back on the show we're kind of doing a traditional format for the show here where things have been crazy the last several weeks with everything we've had going on we went hardcore in october again yeah, Probably overcommitted man. ourselves again, just like we usually do. I mean, you and Ridge and all of the boys have been way more busier than me. I've had to miss out on some stuff, but uh, it looks like it was a blast, though. It looks like you guys had a lot of fun, so I'm going to be diving into that stuff since I missed it. So if you guys don't know this and you're still catching up or maybe you've never listened to the show before, uh, we dedicated October this year, but we do every year, to spooky season, of course, and try to do things a little bit more spooky on here. So this year we dedicated October specifically to iconic horror anniversaries. And so we had a 50 year of The Exorcist, which was a watch lawn style, and I'm not really doing these in order, but uh, we had Videodrome uh, for its 40th anniversary. So 1983, that came out, David Cronenberg film, uh, starring James Woods and Debbie Harry. Then we, for the 30 year anniversary, we had Kronos from yeah. Guillermo del Toro, his first feature. Yep. 20 year, we had House of a Thousand Corpses. And then we, um, for the 10 year, did The Evil Dead 2013. Right, yeah. And you know what? Some of those were a first for me, so it was yeah. great, you know. And, like, I learned so much about some of the films that I had seen that I didn't know, too. So it was great, man. I loved that. I think the audience really will enjoy it once they get to get through all of it. But just to elaborate on some of that a little bit more, uh, in case, you know, you want to tackle that, uh, we do have a playlist specifically for our horror-themed month. So you can just check out that playlist specifically on YouTube. I will say that, you know, in recent weeks... Recent months, Josh, I'm sure you would agree that I think the more full experience for us now, our podcast is actually through YouTube. A lot more stuff with the video production and uh, elements infused in that, clips, you know, and and that sort of stuff, and, and throwing up stuff on the screen that we're referencing. Right. And that sort of stuff on in post. So, and then you're going to not only see that just here on the main Mothership ATI podcast, but you're seeing that on Waxing On with RJ, the physical media curation and local show promotion show and then Ed Oz in with Brandon Stewart Nob Nard's closet is his show of course you know the leaning into the D&D world and the minis and 40k Warhammer and RPG games and all that stuff so uh, we're doing a lot more cool stuff with the video everybody's got their own playlists on YouTube we're not telling you don't listen to us if you don't watch us or on YouTube right. either <laughs> and of course the convenient audio versions I know like I drive a lot a lot for work usually i listen to most of my podcasts like that so you know you got to have those audio options out there too so i'm not saying you don't get the full effect uh, but for what we did back in october to circle this background was a lot of video elements and referring to media and you know right. films right so you kind of have to have that have those discussions yeah right? i mean you could have a reference to know what pe people know what you're talking about you know what i mean so yeah and so the i think like one of our more ambitious episodes that we've done to date the last one was the exorcist watch along so i think that's I mean, we've technically had a watch along on here before brandon and i for the first dom nart's closet did a pro wrestling match watch along <laughs> which you guys watch which is pretty the, funny one of the most fucked up matches yeah yeah it's pretty funny you know, if you've never seen a watch along before, 
basically the concept is that we as the host sit down and commentate on what you're seeing. And we can take multiple avenues that with that. We can go <laughs> satirical with it. We can basically, you know, do some improv comedy. Yeah. Um, we can do some literal commentation. You know, we can provide some facts with scenes that you're seeing on the screen from our research that we've picked up on or things that we've watched over the years or maybe make those allusions to other work. Or point out the, the you know the cinematic devices that are being used on screen. So it's just a lot of layers to this. So you're going to experience that if you actually do our Exorcist watch along. And there's a cocktail bonus. There is a cocktail bonus. So we came so up with our own cocktail called the Bitter End. Keep yeah. that in mind. So you guys got to check that out. Um, now it is on the audio version, but again, the videos where you're going to want to see that we give the ingredients and everything. What we are using for that cocktail, the Bitter End, that is in the. There is some some uh, some liquor in there that's going to put some hair on some chests, regardless <laughs> of. So yeah, it's it it's it, it was a disgusting it's stout liquor. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is bitter, but once you mix it into a mixed drink, it was actually pretty pleasant and a nice surprise for me. So it, it, I'm always down to try a new cocktail. You Heck know? yeah, dude. Um, I like my alcohol, so nothing wrong with that. So we got a new little drink for you guys to pair with the film. Joey and I. Rackavan, of course, been on the show before, friend of the show. Uh, we do kind of news and notes before we watch The Exorcist, kind of spoiler-free stuff. Some analytics, you know, what was going on in the cinematic universe at the time. Touching on that, just kind of set the stage for it. Then we count you in to watch along with us from the WB screen on the nice. title. And it is the director's cut that we did for that episode. So there is a difference when you watch The Exorcist. Yeah, There's some things that are not in the original theatrics. I don't think I've seen the director's cut, so that's interesting. If yeah. you've seen the crab walk and you've seen the demonic subliminal faces flash up on the screen, you've seen the director's cut. I think I've seen those like in clips later on. Sure. I don't think I've seen it in the original one that I watched. Yeah, so the more shocking one, of course, in the original director's vision as well as the author of the books and who wrote the script for the movie blatty is the director's cut so i wouldn't even waste your time with the theatrical cut <laughs> nowadays they released that in 1990 and yeah. that's the one that's prominently sold but every version of it sells both like it's two and one you right, know? right every blu-ray releases both versions of the movie we sit down we watch that movie we count you in from three and from start to finish we start filling you in on what's happening on the screen foretelling devices things to look for um again just allegories that you'll see and we'll point out we'll point out you know when you start seeing it's just real there's just real subtleties that the film just builds upon builds right. upon builds upon right. constantly until the final act so i think that um and what a better film for our podcast because of the localness of it like right, you know right. what i mean the the story of it right. and how it ties into our area and stuff so yeah great movie choice i'm excited to watch that show. and if you guys don't know the local tie-in of course and this is just a real dumbed down simplified version of it but a boy from maryland um, had to use an alias because he was a minor gets this affliction and he is sent to a jesuit a mental hospital it's yeah but it's like a religious a religious like right. it's a catholic jesuit. yeah 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 so he gets sent to st louis and it's yeah, yeah. still like even up to 2023 has wings of this institution are still active yeah present wild? day that's yeah. wild dude so this is where they performed the exorcism on this person and um not now the movie isn't set there it's set right. in georgetown in dc right on the east coast um and this kid's originally from maryland so it's technically closer to home right um they really just use georgetown as the basis because it's a jesuit college and william peter blatty the author of the book and the writer of the script went to school there nice. so he knew all about this 
thing happening. You know, it was local lore and newsworthy while he was going to Georgetown, and he actually tried to get his hands on the original diaries. Oh, shit. To adapt that, and he couldn't get his hands on it until you know, years later, finally. And it was released to the public, but he actually wanted to tell the story from that perspective, so he had to go a more fictitious route with the story. Right. But it's all based on that. Yeah. yeah. It's wild, yeah, man. That real account. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool movie. You know, probably in the conversation for my favorite movie of all time. It's definitely one of the greatest horror films of all time. To me, it's it's a gateway drug film. Right. It's a film that pushes the boundaries of what society deems access- acceptable, at least American culture in particular, or I will say like Christian-led nations. Right. That's where right. I like where it touches into that. Yeah. It's very controversial in that regard, and and as you start to watch more and more controversial films, especially if you're a cinephile, you start to see things in movies that you can understand why there's controversy behind it, but also at the same time, perhaps you're not like religious in that way. Right. So it kind of like you can kind of have that attitude of, well, this really isn't that bad. What? So like, what's the next bad thing that somebody? You know, stigma that surrounds a film. Right. You know, I kind of liken it to like the first time I smoked a joint. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I heard comparison. all these terrible things about like, oh, it's so bad for you. And it's, you're going to go crazy. You're going to jump out a window. And it's just like kind of the reefer madness bullshit that you heard. I was right? so disappointed. Not to you like know? get on a side tangent, but the first time I smoked weed, I was like so disappointed. I was so happy. Like the, se- the third, so second happy. or third time is when I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that I probably enjoyed it to its full effect, but you know, like the first time I smoked it, like I think I told you, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This isn't that bad. Yeah. That's exactly and everybody what. was just kind of like laughing at me and I'm like, this is great. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Zaza. Like, the first time I got freaking <laughs> like drunk, I felt way worse. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's yeah. It's like, yeah, it's night and day with the that. fact that, you know, that liquor is so socially acceptable, but smoking a little grass isn't, I mean, that's just unreal, but that's, you know, you guys have heard our opinions on that. But yeah. Sorry. I was just tangent. using that example <laughs> back to the film thing. Right. So, you know, you're going to hear probably have heard things about films in your life that like controversial taboo don't watch it don't do this watch a movie form your own opinions listen to something new music wise that go, yeah i was gonna say that goes for anything yeah. stop relying on other people to tell you how to live your life form your own opinion and do your yeah. own take and live your life even if there's somebody that has a lot of commonalities with you that you agree with most of the time you're going to diverge paths at some right. point, you know you're going to have some no you're gonna people be, are maybe left of center and they go right. right of center on something it's just Life. There's just so many possibilities, right? right? We're our own individuals with our own individual interests and tastes. So, But uh, we just wanted to kind of give further explanation on kind of how to do the exorcist thing. If you don't want to do the watch along, you can still watch it, though, obviously, or listen to it. And obviously, watching a watch along on YouTube doesn't really work out. We don't have rights to the film, so we can't broadcast it and put our audio over it. Right. So how that's going to work is really it's best for you to use your phone to sit down and then watch the movie have that on, maybe have subtitles on the TV, low volume, so you can kind of engage in everything right. and not lose where you're at. And we do give timestamps periodically while we're watching it so that if whatever, for whatever reason you had to pause or we had to pause for a second and things got thrown off, we can sync back up too. So you, everybody can keep pace with each other while you're watching it too. Very nicely done. Good job, boys. We do a recap at the end. So again, if you don't want to do the watch-along thing, you want everything around it. We got it all for you. We got timestamps on stuff out there now, so you can jump around to to those minute markers if that works for you too. So uh, we're just trying to 
be reasonable and digestible for everybody, depending on what your circumstances. Because we understand life's busy, and you got to pick your spots sometimes, right? Absolutely, yeah. You got to make time for everything. So, and life is very busy. So. Right. <laughs> so this week, we of course, as we mentioned in the open, we're going to have the disappeared. So we're just going to get right to it, guys, with the disappeared. for episode 96 for our guest spotlight segment live here on Twitch. And we've got Brad from The Disappeared. How you doing, Brad? Good. How are you guys? Doing great, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, doing thanks fantastic. for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate you doing the show. And, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before we started recording. This is a real treat for us because The Disappeared is a band for sure that we wanted to kind of pay homage to because you guys have been putting a lot of skin in the game the last nearly 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking before we came on. It's We're at the point where we say almost 20 years now. It's been, I guess, if I'm doing the math right, 18. 2006 yeah. is when we, I guess, officially started as a full band. But I mean, sure. me, and, me and Dan kind of started the project in 2005, like right after our old, old band broke up. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's been going for a while. Yeah, and one thing that, you know, I always enjoyed about you guys, so, like, just my first memories of you guys playing, uh, you guys have probably been a band at least for, like, a year or two at that point. Um, I think we may have, some of my old bands may have played some shows with you and stuff, but what stood out to me was, like, your guys' stage presence, your performance. Like, you guys hit all the notes live, but you still, like, the energy that you bring, like, you're in the crowd, you're engaging with the crowd, right. you guys are engaging with each other on stage. Like, that is just... To me, that is the musician's musician Absolutely. right there. So that yeah, always stood out to me about you guys. That's always been super important to us, you know, especially like me personally. I've I've always kind of had that, um, not like, I, I feel like I'm not as good of a musician as other people because I am just like the singer. So I always felt like it was my duty to, to like go above and beyond Sure. You know, just standing up there and, and singing. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I have kind of slowed my pace down a little bit. The older I've gotten, I don't exactly jump up and down and jump off of things like I used to back sure. in the day. But, you know, that's like I, I want people in the crowd to, to feel it. You know what I mean? It's, right. You know, there's bands that I like. I go see and it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's great. They're good. But I didn't feel anything. So right. for right. us to have people feel it like we want people to feel it you know what i mean that's music Absolutely. to me is also like feel and not just not just the tune so you know if i can get get somebody to get like goosebumps on their arms or something during a set that's that's sure. what we're trying to do i mean how do you expect people to be passionate about what you're doing unless right. you are passionate about Absolutely. it? Absolutely, 100 percent 
Yeah, and that, that's just something that really stood out to me about you guys. I mean, and it can obviously starkly stand out depending on like what bill you're on and like the other artists oh, yeah. that you're playing with too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. Is that something that you've kind of picked up in your previous band experiences over time? You just knew that was something that would kind of make you an X factor, or yeah, I um, think so. Me and Dan were in a band previous to disappeared called the Picture Book of Saints. So me and Dan have been playing together for over 25 years have been a long, long time. Um, but it, back then, you know, when we were in our, I guess we started the band when we were our late teens and into our like early twenties. I mean, we were just like, we were party animals and, you know, we just got up there like no holds barred. And I did at least I was constantly like Dan will tell you, I was constantly kicking his cords out of his pedal board because like, I was just all over the place, like almost <laughs> to a fault. But like a lot of the bands that I came up with, like watching our the lead man or the front man or whatever, you know, like HR from Bad Brains and, you know, listen to some of the like late nineties hardcore bands, like the, the singers just would go absolutely nuts and like yeah. I loved that. And that's kind of a way for me to like put off my burn off my energy too, is just kind of lose sure. myself in the set. Um so yeah, that's you know that was that was always important to us. Yeah. I may not be able to do it as well anymore because my heels hurt and my knees hurt <laughs> all the time. I've got bone spurs, so I can't exactly. I save like one good jump per set. You know, sure. I like time it Just out because I'm like, pace yourself, man. It's gonna hurt tomorrow, <laughs> so I can't be doing this crazy stuff anymore. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you've got some uh, posters there in the background of. of Lead men that do stuff like that, like Converge, for oh, example. Oh, right? yeah. Jacob Bannon. That's yep. the man right there. Yep. That's, that's my guy, uh, for sure. <laughs> that is a present I gave to my wife, like, the first or second year we started dating. Um, nice. Yeah, Jacob is was a huge influence. Like, Converge is... I don't necessarily, like, listen to them all the time anymore, but right. like, just sure. their entire aesthetic and, like, right. their live show and, like, Jacob just, like, losing himself. Yeah. And the music is, is definitely a huge influence on the way yeah. I play music. They've very much got that DIY attitude too, you know, their own label Absolutely. and with other stuff. artists. And yeah. Like, I mean, that's, it's funny that like, you, you bring that up because like he literally like, I kind of like tried to pattern like what I do after him. Cause he is like a one man deal. Like he does all the artwork. He runs the label. He's like the artistic, like, vision behind the entire band you know and that's kind of i guess me filling in for like not playing an instrument is like i try to make sure i do all the artwork i get you know band promoter manager yeah. photographer artist right social media guy you know i just like yeah because in that way i can keep the aesthetic kind right. of cohesive as opposed to like always subbing stuff out and just kind of having like a you know Right, not as cohesive of a vibe to our van, to our band. So yeah, yeah. Jacob is a he's a he's a bad mofo. Yeah, yeah. It's a good guy to be taking notes from for sure. Yeah. Now something I remember happening very early on for you guys too. I believe it was AP Magazine recognized you guys of like one of one hundred bands to know just in the first few few years of you being a band, right? Yeah, that was actually. I mean, say what you want about that magazine and kind of how it ended up in its later years, but like right, sure. in my kind of teen, late teen, early twenties, like that was, that was the mag man. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? That right, was, yeah. you got in that thing and you were 
you know, lots of good Change. things happen to bands by being in that magazine. And they had uh, their main writer at the time, Scott Heisel, was was the guy that kind of got us in there, and he was like a big proponent of us back in the day. And he's gone on to do really cool things. I still follow him. He's like a great, you know, great music guy. Just like did reviews and has his own email list and stuff like that. But yeah, that was kind of uh, I don't even remember how that came about. We must have somehow like submitted to that list or something, right? Or or I don't I don't remember how it actually came about. But we were in there a couple of times, and the yeah. the one hundred bands to know was every year when I got that issue. Like I mean, I would scour that list for new music yeah. to listen to because that was there's was no Spotify. You know what I mean? Right, there was right. no social that was media. Before that, your Discovery Weeklies, right? <laughs> and it was kind of like the new way to discover new bands, other than going to shows or reading the thank you list in bands. Right. Yep. Liner notes. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, um, so yeah, I ended up finding like so many cool bands through that list. And then when we were a part of it and I think they compared us to like polar bear club, seaweed yeah, and uh voice that's fire or something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Very so I nice. still have that issue laying around here somewhere. I don't know where it's at, but I do have an issue. Do you kind of remember how you found out about it? I mean, were you just already a subscriber and happened to open and find it, or somebody call you like, "Hey, man, no, there was you guys a are in the magazine." Yeah, there was a call because I had to do like an interview with okay. okay with whoever was doing the little write up, and it was it was very small and short. But I do specifically remember sitting on the couch and and talking to the writer from AP and just you know kind of like what we're doing now, but you know they just wanted to get a feel of the band and kind of. Sure. what the songs were about and like what we were about as a band and you know yeah it's been a cool experience man yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it was it was cool man we definitely we rode that wave for a few years after that for sure well funny that you mentioned that because i was going to ask is there i mean was there like a really a noticeable difference for you like as far as you know demand for you guys to play or opportunities that open up as a result thereof that was a weird time because like i said there like Social media at the time was MySpace, and yeah, that right. was still very early. So you were starting to see like the band My, MySpace pages, yeah. um, which was like a whole new way for people to connect. Um, but yeah, I think during that time specifically, we had just started hitting the road a little bit more, um, playing out-of-town shows. Uh, you know, we definitely used that as a, selling point for you know label submissions and you know trying to get on bigger shows and stuff like that um it kind of built from there because our next record came out and we got a review which was always like you know back then like now i don't really think reviews matter all that much anymore but to get a review in a publication that big and it was i think it was three and a half out of five stars so it wasn't like horrible Mm -hmm. um was always big and then that kind of led to us like helping us play the warp tour date here in st louis and then playing the fest and then everything had just kind of you know so yeah it definitely was a pretty big jumping off point for the band because that was still i guess it was the second iteration of our lineup gabe ussery wasn't in the band yet um okay so you know yeah that was uh bringing back old stuff man that's yeah yeah, it's it's cool to reminisce about that though, because I don't really like it's we kinda, talk about it as a band, but like you know I don't really sit and think about like oh yeah that was right. that was cool to be in that magazine. 
Well, it's funny that you bring that up too, because yeah, it was kind of a a weird transition period because MySpace was starting to take off. And now that we look at it in retrospect, it was just kind of, you know, like a shooting star. It didn't really last as long. And the senses of like other social media that we know present day. So like, right. Yeah, it was Facebook and what have you, you know, kind of took off where they started. I think somebody has said that you can still like get into your old accounts. Yeah, I think. people have told me that, and I've tried, and I've I don't not very remember successfully. The, I don't remember the password. I like, don't I, either. I, I wish I did yeah. because the I photos. Love, That's oh what God. I want is my photos. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my MySpace photos. <laughs> I think I actually have like a an old T-shirt from MySpace era. And it's like it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Like the design was pretty bad. Like yeah, that was kind of that weird period where like art was kind of weird and yeah, yeah. People the haircuts were you know, right, right, right. I think the cover like, of that magazine was Cobra Starship. Oh okay. damn, was, yeah, yeah. That makes some sense. Not a good band. <laughs> yeah, I right. Can say, but yeah, yeah that was kind sure. of that. That was that era, you know. Yeah. It was, yeah. Absolutely. And also, like, the band t-shirt designs sometimes look like they were done in, like, MS Paint. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was some yeah. dodgy times. Very but... big yeah. logos. Like, there's right. lots of stuff going on. You know? Right. Yeah, we definitely had a handful of those. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So, one thing I wanted to touch on with you, Brad, was, you know, as you guys were starting to gain momentum, what were some, like, we'll say, like, milestone sh- shows or concerts or even festivals that you guys play oh, that you man. feel like you know were just like feathers in your cap you know stuff that you still reflect on today we i've always considered our band like super lucky one to have the people in our band that we have because they're amazing musicians and like carry me every record um but like the connections that we kind of had built because when we started the band like we were I mean, we were, I guess, like fairly old. I mean, we were in our late 20s already, really, when the band started. So we had already been in multiple bands before that. So we built all these relationships in town with bookers and, you know, people who ran clubs and, and stuff like that. So when we started, um, we already kind of had that built-in network. Um, and then I guess, like our, our old bands weren't like, I, I like the songs, but we we weren't refined yet. We weren't great. Sure. And then when we put out our first record, I specifically remember Bob Fancher from um, who's in Ultraman now and has since become. He's a great friend of the band. Like know him really well now. But back in the day, coming up, he was the bartender at Creepy Crawl. And it's right. like if you got on his radar, and he's you know Bob's not the most cheerful guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. So like when, if you got on his radar and he liked your stuff, like that was a big deal. And I specifically remember, uh, like me, him and my wife, like they kind of had, like we had mutual friends. So that's kind of how the band actually started, but I ran into him at pops. I forget what show it was. It might've been like, uh, he was like poison the well mm, good one. Thursday, maybe oh, and oh. this was, this was a long time ago, but our sure. first seven, inch had just come out and like, he made it a point to come up and say, Hey man, like that was that's pretty good. I'm like, oh, nice. thank you. Nice. And yeah. Of course, he went on to to open Fubar, and we played right. so many shows at Fubar. Opened up for um, Defeater there. Opened up for Comeback nice. Kid there. Opened nice. up for oh man, Flatliners there. Yeah. Um, opened up for dude. I mean, we played so many cool shows there. Um, 
played with uh, Crime and Stereo at Firebird. Ah, nice. We've had a ton of, like, we've had a, a, an opportunity to open up for, like, we were that band for a little while that people sure. asked to, like, open yeah. you know, all those big local shows. Sure. Um, so most of those big local punk and hardcore shows, we got a chance to play. Right. And then, um, obviously, we, I mentioned the Warp Tour date, which was kind of a MySpace thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it was a it was a contest thing to play your local date of warp tour. And we won that somehow and played that, which was like a whole thing. (laughs) I've always heard like so many horror stories of playing warp tour. And like our single date was like no different than any of those horror stories about playing warp tour. Like now don't get me wrong. If somebody's like, Hey, we're going to put you on the whole warp tour. We'd probably like, fuck yeah, we're going to go play the whole warp tour. Yeah. Right. right. But like me sitting here now, I'll be like, I want nothing to do with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, just kind of a rat race, unorganized. Yeah. Well, our our kind van of... broke down on the on the way to a local show. So, oh my we, god, we were sitting in the middle of I seventy, one seventy. It just died in like the middle lane when we sat there for like twenty minutes. I'm frantically Ugh. trying to like call the stage manager. I had like a phone number. I'm like, dude, <sighs> you're probably not going to believe this, but our van just broke down. We're like fifteen minutes away. Is there any way you can push our set time back? So it was like oh, this whole deal. Um, they ended up being really cool about it. We played some, I think it was like an Ernie Ball side stage or something. And it was just like, it yeah. was, I mean, it was St. Louis. Right. Yeah. It was so hot. It was, was miserable say, outside. Brutal weather. Yeah. So yeah. hot. I remember um, walking around and, and going to uh, see Alexis on fire. Who's yeah. still to this day, one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Um, and it was so hot in Dallas green, their guitar player and singer was like just overheated and hammered and just like yeah. throwing up all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, I mean, there were people there watching it, but for the most part right. it was whatever, but, uh, right. Was our, that 2007 bread? Um, I'm pretty sure I that was there. The Alexis on fire. One. It sounds right. Yeah. yeah that sounds right. Uh, yeah. It was probably Gabe's first year in the band. Um, so yeah, that sounds right. And then 2008 or 2009, we played the Fest in Florida, which was, I would say, to this day, probably yeah. our proudest moment. Absolutely, of, like, yeah. Cool shows that we've played. Um, it's we still happening. Go- oh yeah, we, just, we just got back a couple weeks ago. Me and oh. me and Dan and Gabe go every year. Still, Pookie was on tour in Europe with his country band oh, for the okay. second year in a row. Um, wow! Conveniently during fest, which we give him trouble about, but <laughs> yeah, um, but we still we still go as fans like every year because it's like it it's I've been to a bunch of fests over my years as a musician. Right. Played played them, gone to them. It's by far like the coolest vibe for a fest, the best setup fest, the like the most inexpensive fest yeah. that you can go to. Like it is. And for us to be able to play that was was awesome. And there's a poster right behind me, the Fest yeah, 4. Yeah, Fest 4. <laughs> um, we're still trying our best to play again. Tried this year. It didn't work. So sure. if, if Tony from the Fest happens to see this clip and we clip this yeah. off and put it on Instagram, Tony, yeah. we still want to play Fest next year. Well. Um, but, <laughs> of course, with our, our luck, same kind of deal happened before our set at fest we were super stoked we were playing the side stage of the main venue 
which now the main the main stage is actually outside. They've changed it around a little bit, but at yeah. the time it was like a you know pageant size indoor venue. They had a side stage set up right before you walked in, and we were opening that day up. It was like that Saturday, I think. And we get to the venue. We were the first one to play at like one in the afternoon or something, and the power in the entire venue went up. Oh, oh my god! We're all ready to play. Like oh my god. People had started filtering in because I forget who was playing the main stage right after us, but it was like it was a big band, like it was a big wow. band. So there was going to be people there early, um, and we sit there for an hour and a half until the power came back. Well, of course, by that point, everybody had left, you know, and we're frantically yeah. like trying to tell like, oh, our set time. And I don't even, you know, we didn't have a Twitter. Like I think we had Facebook at the time. Yeah, our our set's been pushed back. You know, we're still playing. Blah blah blah. Ended up playing. It was a great show. Um, it had just so happened that that particular year, like a ton of people from St. Louis had come down, and uh, so we had oh, wow. a, a decent crowd. Um, my brother was there, who had lived out of town, so he got to come and see us play. He hasn't really, he hasn't really ever gotten to see us play all that much because he's always lived out of town. Um, nice. But I remember, I want to say we played right before Red City Radio. They were playing the okay. side stage after us and got like. Some very nice compliments from those guys, and we ended up playing a bunch of shows with them after after that. And uh, but yeah, that's a long story short about cool shows that we played. That's definitely yeah, yeah. That was probably our our coolest show. Like other than like you know playing like the big local shows, and you know we played uh, we got to play in New York City and Brooklyn and Boston, and you know we did a whole East Coast thing and playing in some of those cities was awesome, and played in a couple legendary venues over there and um yeah you know we played the uh we probably get into it later but our farewell show that we did when we took like a little hiatus yeah um was was definitely special too so definitely i i consider myself very lucky to have played the venues that i've gotten to play with the people and and just the pure volume of shows that we've been able to play over the years has been pretty sure pretty special uh, before we run off and leave it too hardcore, I, you, you said that you went to the fest this year. Who was your favorite artist yeah. you saw this year? Oh my god, <laughs> that's a tough Let's one. See. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, obviously, I, I was on the fence about going this year until <laughs> I saw the lineup and saw that Quicksand was headlining yeah. the last day. Ooh. I haven't seen Quicksand since 1997 at the American Theater with Deftones and Snapcase. Oh my god. And Quicksand and Walter Schreifels. Like Walter's one of my favorite songwriters of all time. Absolutely. Quicksand's one of my favorite bands of all time. We've covered tons of their songs just because like we're such quicksand nerds. So they played the last night. They played Slip in its entirety. It was amazing. Yeah. Um so that would have to be my number one. Incredible. Um Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> It was here. Let me. Uh, let me. I got. I got to peek at my phone because I have pictures. Well, I'm pretty sure Jerome's dream played. I they don't know if did. you get to catch them. I did not get to catch them because, unfortunately, the way Fest is run is you're you're going to miss bands that you right. see. Yeah, because right. there's always going to be bands butting up against each other. And yeah. I did. I had them on my list, and I forget who played at the same time, but it was good enough um, that I had to miss. Ways away was amazing. Um, taking meds. We saw so we saw nice. ways away twice. And we saw taking meds twice. Uh, taking meds is playing Monday at Platypus. Oh with, shit! Yeah, with, I uh, with Squint, Fortunate Son, okay. and Family and Family Medicine. It's going to be a 
insane show. Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard the new Taking Meds record, it's it's brilliant. It's like modern day Goo Goo Dolls, Gin Blossom, good poppy yeah. rock. It's it's amazing. So we got to see them play twice. Um, let's see. I Am the Avalanche was a great one for me. I'm a nice. huge fan of uh, Vinny Caruana, who was in the movie Life and has yeah. been in like so many other projects. He's he's one of my favorite songwriters. Um, Braid was amazing to see. Oh, yeah. They played Frame and Canvas in its nice. entirety, which was awesome. Um, Sparta yeah. played Wiretap oh, Scars in its entirety. was that awesome. That's cool. Um, saw like half of Gore's set. I'd never seen Gore before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, nice! They, yeah. they opened up the entire fest. They they That's main stage, cool. first band, first night. People running up to the day. Oh, I I gotta be up front for for Gore. I want to get sprayed with with blood. Yeah. yeah. See these people walking around later that night, just stained, stained red, <laughs> like completely like. I, we made the wrong decision. We should have not gone right up front. I was watching safe from the side. It was amazing though. Um, nice to be able to see, to be able to see Gore was, was pretty sweet. Um, oh, saw yeah. thir- Thursday twice, Thursday played twice. Oh. It was an unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable lineup. I mean, the the best part about fest really is not really all the, all the headliners though. It's like, sure. They've got a, a couple really small venues. Um, that you can almost always catch a band that you've never heard of before and just kind of, yeah. you know, you're hanging out next band plays. You're like, Holy shit. Like who right. the fuck are these guys? Right. Um, so yeah, that's uh, you know, if we ever get to play again, I would be, it doesn't sound like they're yeah. going to stop anytime soon. I mean, right. Well, that's good. Yeah. So yeah. Our, our plan is to just keep on keeping on and hopefully filters down that way. So, well, I'm happy being a Quicksand fan that you actually got to see them do oh, Slip in its entirety, man. That's, that's a dream. And to make it even better, like, I mean, I think most people know that they've been touring with Stephen Brodsky now. Yeah, from, I was going to ask if he played K-Van. that set with them. He he played second guitar with them, and it just, nice. God, it sounds, it's, Brodsky's Ooh. one of my favorites, too. Kevin's one of my yeah. favorite bands ever. Yeah. Um, and he's just, he fits that band so well. Um, yeah. Like, Walter, I love Walter, but like, they, just the smiles they all had on their faces, like right. just smiling at each other the whole show. They didn't do any bullshit talking between the songs. Like Walter would come out to like the riser and just kind of look at her and be like, what's up? Yeah. yeah. Get back and just play the next song. So yeah. Yeah. It That's was, cool. Yeah. It made the trip well worth it. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta catch Brodsky with him because Brodsky's like, anybody asks me what my like favorite modern day musician is. I usually go with Brodsky by default just because everything he touches is great. Oh and, dude. Yeah. It's, you know, even no, like no his, with his older solo stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I think I forget Hitter. what his first solo record is called. I've but got, just very uh, like folksy, yeah. like indie kind of acoustic stuff. Like some great, just a great songwriter and like everything he does. I've is, got a hit and mystery. It's hit and mystery, I think on vinyl. And like that kind of made me think of like Peter Gabriel, some of the songs he even had on there. Like I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Oh, he's, he's so talented. Like his, yeah. his voice is amazing. And, you know, yeah. Yeah it, was, yeah. it was cool. Quicksand was awesome. Well, that's really awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad we got that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. So I know that you guys got a lot of stuff cooking present day. Uh, not to, you know, skip over too much here, but, um, uh, you know, one thing, of course, that caught my attention was some of the new singles that you guys put out. I know this year in the spring, you guys did the split as well, cassette release. 
Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about that and kind of what the wheels you guys got in motion for this year. Yeah, the split was um, we we had so we we put out Science and Reason in 2020. It was scheduled to come out in like April of 2020, which it we fell. all know what happened. <laughs> it, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it completely fell on on deaf ears. Um, it's just it was bad timing. It was the first stuff we had written. Um, since like 2000, we wrote like some one-off single in like 2013, but it was the first new stuff we had written in almost 10 years. Um, so we did that, that came out and then we just, you know, we made it a point to keep playing. We had one song, um, it's NVO, the, the short song that was, that's on the split. Yeah. Um, Mike Jones from Encapsulated, uh, a handful of years ago, put out a, a comp called Quarter Hour Power. Where yeah. there was like, I don't know how many bands on it, but it was 25 minutes long. Every so, yeah, I mean, I'm an idiot. 25 bands. Every band had a song. It was a minute long or less. Um, and we weren't like quite active at that time, so we didn't have anything. But he said he was going to do a volume two. So when he said that, we're like, oh, we'll just we'll crank out a, sh- a short little song. So we yeah. wrote NVO specifically for that. Well, that never materialized, and we just kind of had that song hanging around, um, and then had started writing again. Um, and like wrote the second single hydrophobia like pretty quick yeah like Banger. very quick within like very good think, yeah like within a couple practices like the song was done um and we were kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to do with it we're like well it's only like two and a half minutes worth of music like i would love to put it out on our own but i don't know if it's like financially like worth like right i'm i'm we're not a band that is just going to put something out digitally like I've always, sure. I'm just my OCD. I have to have a physical copy of it. Yeah. Um, so we're like, well, let's, what about doing a split seven inch? We've never done a split before. So we started thinking of bands who were our, um, were our homies and we've played with like multiple times in the past over the years. And Breakmouth Annie is always one of those bands that we've, I mean, I don't even know how many times we've played with them, but you know, uh, all, yeah. you know, just we've been down with each other since day one you know back in the lemons days when lemons was having punk rock shows um, yeah. so they were down to do it and it was going to be a split seven inch and vinyl uh turnaround times were still insanely slow like yeah yeah like most of the quotes i got were giving me like a year turnaround time for a seven inch uh, uh. and i was just like Ugh, like I really want to put it out on vinyl, but I don't want to wait a year for three minutes of music to come out. Right. Um, so I approached them about just doing a cassette because we could get those turned around in like four weeks. Yeah. And I think they reluctantly said, yes, I know they were super stoked on doing vinyl too, which, which I always am, but I'm like, guys, <laughs> three minutes of music, dude, for us, I'm not waiting a year for, yeah. for this to turn around. And just the logistics of like doing a split, um, and it's not anybody's fault, but you're not at your own, you're not on your own clock. You're on somebody else's clock too. Um, so it just right. took a little longer to put together than I, I was anticipating. And then the turnaround time for the vinyl was a no go. So we just did it on cassette. Um, I think it turned out really cool though. I think, yeah. uh, I did all the artwork for it. I did all the photography for it. Um, did the layout and everything. Um, it started shooting, uh, film photography again three or four years ago, I guess it was probably right during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I wanted, like, I really hadn't shown off any of my work or anything. So I wanted 
to use some of that as a way to kind of like show off some of my film stuff and um <clears throat> and they they left it up to me to to do it and um turned out really cool and Don from Record Space was nice enough to split the release with us and we so we did three um exclusive colors one for Breakmouth one for us and one for the Record Space and you know nice. turned out turned out good and the songs I thought were cool and Breakmouth songs were awesome and uh so yeah, yeah. those were that was so that was kind of like a leftover song and then one that we just kind of banged out. So that, that's what those two singles were. What I like about that split that you guys did, especially kind of, I feel like it kind of captures the energy and the spirit of how bands used to do splits. And that right. is like they, they were band homies, but they didn't necessarily sound the same or like have like yeah. the exact same genre or subgenre. And it was a nice way of complimenting because, you know, band A's for fans could be subjected to band B that maybe they wouldn't have listened to them before, but now they've got the seal of approval from their band that they like. Right. Right. And it goes both ways. Double so. exposure. Right. Right. Yeah. That was uh that was definitely um, the idea from the beginning. Like we've always been, we're, we're kind of a band anyway that we're kind of hard to like pigeonhole. Like, sure. right. Yeah. We've I played with, we've played with so many different kinds of bands. We're not really like a hardcore band. We're not really a punk band. We're not a metal band, but like lots of metal heads seem to like like us when we play like random sure. shows. Um, so yeah, like we're we're never gonna fit with with anybody, and that's kind sure. of been our deal. But <clears throat> yeah, Breakmouth is uh, you know just straight ahead rock and roll, you know punk punk rock band. Yeah. Um, Bob writes unbelievable songs, um, so they were definitely like it was a no brainer to right. pick those dudes um, and. They had just Bob had just started playing with um, Tim and Denny. Um, Tim was, Tim's been in tons of bands before. Denny's been in ton, tons of bands. So like it was pretty much a brand new iteration of Breakmouth. And Tim Pinkerton is one of my favorite drummers of all time. He also plays in Pleasure Center. Uh, one of my favorite drummers to watch. And I'm like, oh, dude, I, I want to hear what these guys sound like recorded with Tim and Denny on bass and drums. And it sounds great. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good choice. I, I like the songs a lot. Very cool. I also think too, like the fact that you had to resort to cassette actually ended up being pretty cool too, because that was kind of a very hardcore thing to do. Right. As yeah. Well. Going the cassette yeah. route. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm, you know, cassettes are kind of in with the kids now. Yeah, right. You know, it's the new physical, right? It is, and I get why because they're easy to do. They're affordable. They're affordable. You don't Good have to markup. sell them for a ton. Right. They're quick turnarounds yeah. you can kind of do cool things with them with the different color shells and stuff right um like i'm not really listening to cassettes i have a cassette sure. deck up by my turntable upstairs yeah but i'm not i'm not listening to a ton of cassettes i'm just not <laughs> yeah. and i don't think anybody else is either i, I think they're just sure. buying them as physical pieces of art to put on a shelf and display yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I would say, yeah, most of my purchases are that route or if I can't get it in a vinyl, I'll resort to cassette sometimes. Right. But right. Uh, yeah. if it's it a depends. band I really care about, like I will always buy the right. physical copy. Like I right. don't care what it is. Right. You know, just to show my appreciation. Like I'm not just going to stream you. I want to, I want right. to support you guys and buy whatever you have. So yeah, big same, big same. And also it has to do with, obviously, just like anything else, the manufacturer, was it recorded or mixed for cassette too, right. you know, are you just ripping this from digital to cassette, you know, so right. it's just like anything else. But I th I will say that like the uh, deterioration rate on, on cassettes are very more, very much more obvious. Oh, yeah. Right. The transfers oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a handful. I still have a bunch of like 
when I was in college, like mixtapes were probably at its peak. Sure. Um, I still have a bunch of my mixtapes that have really good stuff on it, but like they don't sound great anymore. They're no. 20, 20 plus years old, but if they're cool to have, like, you know, you do sure. your little artwork and like, give, you know, give your girlfriend like a mixtape <laughs> yeah. and, you know, so. Yeah. Get the old radio ads on there occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was me, man. Oh yeah. I, oh, I definitely grew up in the, in the era where I would listen to terrestrial radio and be like coming back after the break we're gonna play uh green jelly and i'm gonna be like oh, right waiting here right. for it waiting press the absolutely <laughs> oh, there it is yeah yeah it, that, that i found myself doing that more so with like artists that my dad like wasn't really into or whatever so like you know i was kind of like a closeted like weezer fan because he just thought it was oh, stupid yeah. you know so like <laughs> yeah. early 90s closeted weezer not fan. any day outright yeah. weezer fan right but I was like always kind of afraid because dad thought that was stupid. So I the, I'd like go record I, it. I specifically secretly. remember my dad driving me to Best Buy to buy the Blue Album. Nice. I, I specific like I just one of my specific memories. I I was, I guess I was probably freshman in high school or something when it came out. I was probably thirteen. I remember yeah. like they used to always drive me to Best Buy. Like you know when the, the day the CD dropped, I had to be the first one in line to buy that CD. That's awesome. I, rem- I do remember him driving me to Best Buy in South County to buy Weezer, the blue album. That's still awesome. one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh yeah. It's, it's a great album for sure, man. Stood the test of time. Unfortunately going to say it. I don't know that they're going to have a better album ever. Oh, in my opinion. No. I mean, Pinkerton it's hard is, to Pinkerton Pinkerton's is great, good. but that's, that's yeah. pretty much where it stopped for me with, with Weezer. Yeah. Um, you know, but what are you going to do? Right, right, right. Absolutely. So uh, I know we kind of alluded to it earlier, and that's the fact that you guys did take a bit of a hiatus. Let's talk about that and your farewell show, um, and then like what ultimately led you guys getting back together too, Brad. Um, so I guess it was probably around 2013 when we recorded a just a random one-off single called "Drift and Drown," um, which is crazily like our highest streamed song for some reason i don't really know why but it is at least on spotify um it's it, it kind of i mean it sounds like disappeared but it's it's got a little bit more like rock and roll vibe which was at the time um dan and gabe and pookie were also playing in a band called the wilderness with bobby stevens um which was more of like of of rock and like American rock and roll kind of band. And that's kind of how that song sounds to me a little bit. Um, but at that time I, we were by that point in our mid thirties and, uh, I was still like cutting grass for a living and like doing landscaping. And I just got to the point where me personally, I'm like, dude, I, I got to do something else. Like I'm 35 years old. I don't want to like, I had an opportunity to, to buy the company I was working for i didn't want to do that you know i just i you know i graduated college and have degrees and i have a master's degree in public relations and you know i have degrees in communications and all that kind of stuff and i just like the places i worked early on i just i hated it so i went back i went back to construction like very quickly after graduating college because it also gave me the opportunity to go tour which um you know, I, right. I worked for a great guy and he's like, yeah, dude, whenever, you know, you got a job and you come back. So, um, but by the time I got to 35, it was like the, the work was starting to beat me up a little bit. Sure. Um, my brother is in the army and, um, he, and I, I ended up, um, starting to get really into fitness and doing CrossFit a lot. And through that, I met a lot of people in the fire service 
So I was like, I wonder if that's something I can do. So when I was, I guess it was probably a little earlier than that. I was probably like 31, 32. I went and got my EMT license and then directly got my paramedic license. And then after that, went through the fire academy. And long story short, I'm a firefighter paramedic now. I have been for nine years. That's awesome, Um, dude. So during that time of like all that school, like um, paramedic school is, is a year long and it's, it's a ton of clinical hours at the hospital. It's a ton of clinical hours in an ambulance at school. Um, and then going through the academy is every day for like four months. I just didn't, you know, we had, we had kind of fell off practicing. We weren't writing sure. songs. We weren't playing shows anymore. I had all this stuff going on. So I was like, you know, <clears throat> what if we just like, cause we're all, Dan's been one of my best friends for almost 30 years now. I'm like, dude, we're probably, we're not going to break up, but let's just say we're going away for a little while. Yeah. Hiatus. We'll, just, we'll call it a farewell show. So we played a farewell show. I think it was in 2014, 2014 or 2015 mm-hmm. at the demo um, with better days who we've played thousands of shows with, not thousands, but you know, yeah. a lot. Um, and that was kind of it for that. And that kind of lasted, I don't know. I mean, getting a job at that time in the fire service was very time consuming, like testing everywhere, driving all over town to drop, you know, applications off and then going and testing and interviewing and then not getting it and going to the next one. Um, So we, we ended up kind of all, we all still hung out anyway, um, but we all ended up being, in the same place at a memorial service for our friend, Eric Fritz, who I used to uh, spin records with at a place down on South Grand. And he'd, he'd been in the music scene in St. Louis for a long time. He was a few years older than us, uh, but ended up being like one of our like biggest supporters as a band um, has done a couple tattoos on me, did a bunch of artwork for us, was at every show, like would tell everybody who would listen about us, um, he moved to Vegas and then he ended up just getting real sick. He had a lot, a lot of, uh, like autoimmune disorders and ended up passing away. And at that time I, I'm horrible with years now that they're going on, but, um, it was probably 2016, 17. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were all at the memorial service and his wife had brought like a bunch of his artwork and just kind of like spread it out. And it was like, anybody that wants any of this, like, he would love you to have it. And there was a piece, a skull with like these feathers coming out of it that he had done for one of our t-shirt designs. And, uh, I was like, oh man, fuck. That kind of hit me, you know? Yeah. And we all just kind of looked at each other. We're like, why are we not, (laughs) why are we not playing? You know, like, and at that time I'd kind of, I'd gotten past all, like I'd gotten a job and, you know, everything had kind of slowed down a little bit. I had already had a kid and he was a few years older at the time. So we were all just kind of like, yeah, dude, like, why are we not like, what? Let's just play. Who cares? Like, we don't have to like go on tour all the time anymore. Yeah. We just practice and we, you know, have a built in practice space in Gabe's studio. Like, right. What are we doing? Right. So that's kind of where the comeback started. And we played a comeback show at sinkhole with uh, break mouth. Mm-hmm. And better days. So, yeah, that's kind of how that happened. 
Yeah, and uh, Sinkhole is one of my favorite places to go and oh, definitely the right video. kind of place for your vibe <laughs> and the type of performance right. that you guys bring yeah. out there. Yeah, that's, that's just our style, man. You know, 100 people, pack it in, play on the floor. You yeah. Know, <clears throat> kind of the way Platypus is now. Um, right. Which is where we played the last couple of shows. But, you know, um, and it's just been kind of, it's it's almost been, a it was a blessing in disguise, I guess, to take that little bit of time off. Um, yeah, because now we're kind of like back in this mode where it's like, all right, like we put out writing new songs again, like sure. for us at a pretty rapid pace, which is for most bands still pretty slow paced because <laughs> we're all still crazy busy in life and stuff like that. But sure. Um, but the, once the split came out, I'm like, dude, this is probably the best stuff we've ever done. And Gabe has only grown as as a, as an engineer, engineer so, right? So it sounds amazing. Yeah. And now he's stoked to like make the next release like sound yeah. even better. Um, so we've got three songs now, almost finished, which are going to be part of a new full length. Um, but we'll probably be, be releasing at least a couple of those songs when they're done as singles, mm-hmm. um, and then a cover, a special little cover that we're that we're oh, recording nice. too. So excited! Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty excited. stoked about you know new yeah. music and. Getting out there now that you know my son's almost ten years old and can kind of fend for himself, you know. Sure. So like, Start getting a little bit of that independence in him, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So now we're we're kind of getting the itch to get back out on the road a little bit, you know. Yeah. Brad, I don't know so. if this happens for you. I know this is something that's kind of a I don't know a dream for me is as crazy or as extreme that that might sound to some people, but um, I I have kind of like this desire or will for like my kids to actually come out and see me. Like perform music. live you yeah know, just to kind of give them that not so much the itch but to at least send a message to them that says like it's never too late to like try and chase your dreams is that something that you feel like that maybe lives inside of you funny you mentioned that because the show next weekend is going to be his first show ever yeah oh nice yeah and he's gonna so, love it <clears throat> very nice I hope so he he's a very shy kid he can be uh a little awkward sometimes yeah um but he's he's my only child so i have one so it's just you know it's me and him and my wife all the time and yeah um i kind of met my wife through music too so we're, we're music is a huge yeah. part of both of our lives and our family's life and there's always music on so it's like i'm never gonna try to like push him right sure to listen to like a certain kind of music but like yeah through osmosis he's gonna listen to some of the same sure. stuff that i listen to just because it's on all the time yeah um but yeah, I hope uh, yeah, I, I, he's probably going to be like me, where he's. I think he's going to be a little slow and hesitant to pick up an instrument, mm-hmm. which is like one of my biggest regrets ever. Is that I just couldn't sit down and focus and play the guitar for more than two minutes at a time, yeah. without seeing a squirrel and like going and doing something <laughs> else. Understandable. Um, oh my god, it's just like I'm still to this day like I can. I can play, but I'm, you know, I'm just not very good. I just got uh, my first drum set at 34, but it's not, it's not good. It's, it's good. <laughs> dude, the older you get, it is harder <laughs> to learn stuff like that, man. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, luckily for me, like I have a pretty good ear for music. Um, and yeah. I know a little bit about like music theory and stuff like that, but you know, it's just, I'm, I wasn't one of those kids that sat in his room for nine hours and just learned how to play songs and learn how to play. Yeah. I just wasn't, I was outside, I was playing sports. I was, you know, yeah. chasing girls, riding my bike, like doing yep. whatever. I just yeah. I couldn't couldn't focus on it long enough. So that's why I just 
use this thing. Some people are like a little bit more naturally inclined to those things too. I feel like, because I've had friends too, that, um, you know, they would practice, let's say like a half or a quarter of the amount of time that I would. And I like felt like they were a better musician than me at various times in my life too, which would just drive me crazy. They would catch on to things quicker, you know? I constant, like a big moment for me over the last couple of years, um, playing music you know, I'd, I'd finally gotten to the point where I was like, you know, I could pr- like when we were writing new music, I, I could probably bring my guitar in and just kind of like look at what Dan's doing and kind of play along with him, you know, yeah. if only to just give me a better feeling of the music and I can bring it back home and just play the same riff over and over. And so I, I like it took a lot for me to around those three guys who are I in like no one will ever tell me that anybody is better at their instrument than those three guys. Dan playing guitar, Gabe as a drummer and Pookie as a bass player. Yeah. You know, it took, it was intimidating for me, even though we've been yeah. a band for 20 years. Like I showed up with a guitar one day and, and Pookie kind of looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? dude?" Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to play guitar with you guys, man. Yeah. You're like what? You got a problem with that? <laughs> you know, I, I had turned it down like just so I could like, kind of hear it like behind me but <laughs> right you that's know awesome but well, you know back to my son it, he do do whatever he wants to do he wants to play a absolutely instrument for me guitar was it always just seemed so mathematical to me mm-hmm. and yeah. i am so bad at math <laughs> i i had to take basic math in college to get my math credit which was the class that they gave uh elementary school teachers to learn how to teach math to like kindergartners. <laughs> I did the same thing in my, my college. I think I took elementary algebra and dude, yeah. so horrible. Yeah. Like, something like that is what yeah. it was called. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. it's just one of those instruments where I'm like, well, maybe if I would have played drums a little earlier on, I would have maybe been okay, but I didn't. So, you know, yeah. But, yeah. For some yeah. reason, like I, I kind of see it personally for me, it was kind of in reverse. So like I, I'm primarily a drummer and I picked up, guitar kind of late and bass like in my late teenage years and learned how to play and uh, I guess maybe back to like that innate thing it was a little bit easier for me to play the drums but I was also like bad at math but I felt like the guitar was easier I don't know yeah like but I, some I've, people have always told me like oh you know I just see the guitar as like shapes I'm like well shapes are geometry sure. that's math too so that's like, fair you know, that's fair yeah you know that's fair it just you know give me a a power chord and yeah, I'm I'm good. I can, well, yeah, hell, I can follow along with some power chords, you know. Yeah, one of the greatest bands of all times. All power chords, the Stooges, man. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, man, Ramones, like, you yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. A lot so. of gravitas behind what those boys are playing. Yeah. So yeah, Misfits, yeah. you know, some of my favorite music is just power mm-hmm. chords, right? There's nothing wrong with that. No shame. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But you know, the plan is to maybe have you know a, a guest appearance on the next record on some like second guitar, you know. Very cool. Dan's like, I'll try to write something that you can play. I'm like, well, don't like dumb it down so bad that like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I still want you to be able to rip, you know, because because Dan rips. So right, yeah, for sure. A couple more things I wanted to hit on before we got you out of here, Brad. Too, yeah. and you've been so generous with your time, so we appreciate that. Of course, I got it's, nothing to uh, do, man. I'm I'm sitting <laughs> in a basement with a treadmill in it, and I'm just you know chilling. I hear you. Uh, we kind of mentioned it a few different times too, and that's Gabe's engineering. You know, as he's went over the years, he's 
it's noticeable, you know, in the sound, he's gotten better right. and better. And I remember, you know, some of the first times I was hearing about Gabe and people were like playing tracks, they recorded with him and stuff. I was like really impressed. I'm like, well, you think he's good at recording? You got to hear him drumming. So right. you know, when I actually saw him drum and stuff too, I was impressed there too. And it's kind of amazing how talented that guy is specifically. Oh yeah. It's, dude, yeah. I, I, I just lucked. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. lucked out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like me and Dan both, like we, we started this band as just, the old band had broken up. We're like, well, we got to do something. And, you know, ended up our first, our first drummer is Thad Martin, who plays drums in fortunate son and, oh. uh, ashes and iron and been in a couple yeah. of bands and stuff. Um, good guy. And he's an amazing drummer yeah. too, you know, but at the time, like when we started it, he was in another band and he was just kind of doing it to do it. Cause you know, he was a friend of my wife or whatever. And, um, yeah, the, the fact that me and Dan just like kind of gave and, and, Pookie both like just fell into our laps. Like, I mean, yeah. we asked them if they <laughs> wanted to do it and they said yes. And then, you know, they both, we've had the same lineup now for probably over 15 years. So. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Such a talented, talented dude for sure. Yeah. And I, I know you guys have got some shows coming up too, right? Or at least a show next weekend in particular, I know. Next weekend, right. um, playing with Wes Hoffman and friends, a uh, good friend of ours. He, we we're super honored that he asked us to play this show particularly yeah. it's at the duck room we've never played there before so i'm stoked to play that room mark another one off of our off of our list yeah um and then uh so his idea behind this show was uh to have like one like kind of scene veteran play one out of town show uh one out of town band play and then one like young young band play so um uncanny valley the local band super young i think um stay the course from kansas and then us and then wes and friends and that'll be probably our last show of the year i know it's their last show of the year yeah um and then we're just gonna start kind of hammering away at the new record and and you know see what next year brings us very cool and of course anybody that's watching us now and watches the show or listens to the show is aware of that name Wes Hoffman Wes a former guest of the show great guy so if you guys yeah. haven't yes. gotten a chance to awesome. check out Wes and you guys awesome haven't dude, checked Mike. out the, the, the disappeared you got next weekend right right so two next birds weekend. one stone right yeah two tickets birds are, one stone baby tickets are on sale uh all over all of our socials and Instagram and stuff the links up there um trying to push some pre-sale tickets we're, we've never really done that before and Wes said he's never done that before either so we're just trying something different we're doing a uh Everybody who buys a pre-sale ticket gets entered into a drawing for uh, like a T-shirt and some merch from all the bands playing. So, oh, I love that. That's a great yeah. idea. If you buy, yeah, if you really buy, cool. uh, buy a ticket through Ticketmaster, you get uh, got a chance to win some cool shit. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, I would like to transition to the point for our audience to get you to know you, Brad, personally a little bit better and some of the yeah. things about you, you know, too. So, um one thing in particular, we've kind of touched on some of these things so far, so I'm kind of curious to see what you might throw at us, and that is, what are some like musical influences personally for you that maybe somebody would not suspect, you know, judging a book by its cover? Um, I mean, if you don't know me, know me very well. Um, my, like, fa like, one of my favorite music genres of all time is ska and rocksteady and reggae. Um, the band before my like emo rock band or whatever, I was <clears throat> a part of the third wave ska, you know, 1995 through like 97 or 98. Um, 
and just became obsessed with with that music. Um, was that the Pro Skater revival? That's what they call the revival of that music, the Pro Skater revival. Yeah, period. it was probably, probably a little before that. <laughs> yeah. This was like, uh, you know, probably, I guess maybe like what really popped it off back then was Boston's, yeah, Mighty Mighty gotcha. Boston's, and like yeah. uh, Rant, Rancid Outcome the Wolves and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just like Rocksteady, particularly, and Reggae. Um, I love that music. I don't really think that influences my my band stuff at all. Sure. Um, but yeah, definitely love that. And like my favorite band of all time, which you know, take it or leave it. Say what you want to. I don't care. Oasis is one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just absolutely like I'm. There was there was a meme that was going around not too long ago. It was like that. It was something like it was like you know that meme where it's like the guy and his girlfriend and the other girl's like walking away and he's like yes. looking at her, you know. <laughs> yes. And it was like me, all my friends listening to me, new music and like the girl walking away, which is like Oasis. And the guy's <laughs> yes. just like yes. looking at Oasis, going back to your um, comfort. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, you know, there people say what you want about the Gallagher brothers in that in that band. Right. But they they had some of the best. They've written some of the best songs. Oh yeah, the history of rock and roll. So it's crazy, know. like how much they've impacted like present day artists that people aren't aware of. So I mean, I know this band always talks about them, but if you like don't read their interviews and stuff, you'd be shocked to know like one of Def Heaven's favorite bands is Oasis, mm. and it's actually yeah. like impacted I the way they've like written progressions and stuff. Yeah, it's coming. Like they are, I think, slowly over time, people had have slowly like appreciated more and more like what they did for rock and roll music absolutely um, and they very much did have a punk rock attitude about it all like that's why people hate those two so much right, is because right. they were so daft like back right, in yeah. the day like they just didn't give a fuck about anything right they just wanted to play shows and drink and and do drugs that's what they wanted to do right um but yeah i mean dude i got the chance to see noel gallagher in nashville over the summer and it was amazing yeah. and now if, I get the chance to see Liam this coming summer. Hopefully he plays. It's the 30th anniversary of Definitely Maybe. So hopefully right. he does a little tour of the States and I will pay a lot of money to go see that show. <laughs> I just got my hands on a copy of uh, What's the Story, finally. There you go. There and you go. I told myself, like, I'm I'm not going to buy – I want, you know, everything from them, them in general, but I, I told myself I had to buy that album first before I buy Absolutely, anything else because that is that is the record for me, you know. Absolutely, and that, that, like the those records, like some of the songs on the B sides of those first two records oh, are yeah. some of their best songs ever. You know, what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I would say though, you know, those are probably two things that if you didn't really know me, would, would might surprise you. The reggae one probably more than the Oasis one because you know Oasis sure. is is cool again. Yeah, right. They've yeah. always been cool to me, though. But. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what What is a hobby of yours, Brad, that people may not suspect as well? I know you kind of mentioned the CrossFit thing earlier, but I wouldn't say that that's a stretch, having seen you performed and stuff before, just kind of the high energy that you bring and stuff. So uh, that that one doesn't really shock me. Is there anything else that you can throw yeah, at somebody? Yeah, and that's not really a hobby anymore because yeah. it, it is like technically a part-time job because I work at a, a local gym here in town on my off days from the firehouse. Um, but film photography has definitely been like a, a huge part of my life the last few years. And 
just I've kind of tried to think of some ways to do stuff with it. Um, I hesitated for a long time to put any of it online, um, and then completely wiped my Instagram of everything, and just only am posting some photo drops um, from some some of my travels and stuff like that. Um, I mean, yeah, hobby wise, like between the band and my part time job and my full time job and. Uh, you know, I barely even have enough time to go out here and, and shoot photos. Um, you know, coach a little youth soccer. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, that's keeping busy when you're already busy, man. <laughs> <laughs> a new, a, a new this... hobby of mine since like July is taking ice baths though every day. I know that's, oh, the new yeah. vi- I know that's the new viral, viral trend, but it is. Amazing. Have you been able to tell a difference right away? Absolutely. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. I would imagine. My sleep is so much better. Um, yeah. You know, I'm 44 years old now, so I get a little arthritis. Sure. Helps. Helps with that. Helps with anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's actually been really good. It's been really good. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. are you just like doing this at home in the tub, or did you get a special? Yeah, vat you can or... get these like hundred dollar like little vinyl tubs that you set yeah. up we have one at work um it's kind of making its way through the firehouse now and uh, i just have one set up in the back and yeah yeah i get it down to about 47 degrees and sitting there for four minutes and man I, awesome. I gotta do this cause... i do want to try it but i'm like oh uh, I, I'm... I'm, I will tell you this like you do kind of start getting acclimated to the temperatures where you can get like a little bit colder yeah. but it is never not hard to get in there like oh, i'm sure every yeah. day it is so hard to get in there. Yeah, yeah. There's, I saw a joke the other day and it kind of goes along with CrossFit back in the day where people are like, Oh, the hardest part about CrossFit is not telling people that you CrossFit. Right. Right. <laughs> now it's like the hardest thing about doing ice baths is not talking about that. You do ice baths. Yeah. Well, I noticed like but, when somebody turned me on to like, actually taking, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Right. right. Somebody like turned me on to taking cold showers and I was like, Oh no, I'll that's, never yeah, take a cold shower. That's a huge thing. I'll never too, do man. that. And I started doing that and I, that, that improved yeah. a lot of stuff for me, you know, blood pressure and anxiety and yeah, absolutely. And just, and there's, you know, helps wake you up. Like there's a, like I was talking to somebody at work there. There's a reason why the ice baths have been in like training rooms in like athletic facilities for 50 years. You know what I right. mean? It's, it works. It just so happens now that somebody did it and put it on TikTok, And now like everybody thinks it's this viral trend when it's just, it's been going on forever. Right. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I wouldn't call it a hobby, but you know, it just popped into my head. Hey, I'll count it. Yeah, <laughs> anything to help with uh, your mental health or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, it's, or anything. And that's that's absolutely, absolutely true. You know, it's that's one of the main reasons why I started doing it. Um, a lot of our material recently has been like my struggle with anxiety and like mental health and stuff like that, and uh, that's kind of why i dove into it to to try and see if that helped out a little bit and yeah. it does for a period of time it's not an end-all be-all but right. anything that you can do to improve your mental state yeah. you should be doing sometimes it's kind of like the uh death by a thousand cuffs method you know you have to kind of take those multiple stabs from various angles yeah you know uh, let's talk about artists that the disappeared have not played with that might be like on a short change wish list for you. Like what would be 
let's say let's 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 do the old Mount Rushmore. So four picks. Like, what's four artists that you guys have not played with that would be kind of bucket list bands for you? Oh man. <clears throat> well, I think if you were to ask the band as a whole, Quicksand would be on that list. Helmet would be on that list. Nice. Um, trying to think of some other bands that like we've always covered bands before. Um, and that was kind of one of our things for a while was playing, like picking like a cool cover and like learning it and, and playing it at a show for a little bit of a stretch and then doing another one. Um, I would say if lifetime ever got back together to be able to play with lifetime, um, a close second would be kid dynamite because we've nice. covered some kid dynamite stuff. And then if you're going to bring it all the way down, I guess, you know, painted black would su- suffice because they're still active. Right. And Dan Yeeman is, the king um i would say those probably three i guess quicksand helmet and then any iteration of like the lifetime family tree okay okay yeah solid so let's lean into your personal fandoms more so let's say that you were to book a dream festival and you can see anybody anytime regardless of live or dead uh what four acts are you gonna see a proper oasis reunion there you go Number one. Number one. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Nobody thinks it's going to... I don't think it's going to happen, ever. Some of my friends think it is going to happen. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. <clears throat> but it would have to... Like, so Liam's doing, like, the Definitely Maybe, but he has right. his own band, and right. Noel has his own band. A proper reunion. Get the brothers back together. Yeah. Squash the beef. Write them a check for however many yeah, millions of dollars say. it's it's going to take them to play it's the show. Be that right there. That's going to take make your it money. Happen. Yeah. Just play the songs and just do it. Yeah. Um. So that would be number one on the list. Oh boy. I'm trying to think of some of my favorites of all time. I mean, I. It's like it's crazy because I've gotten to see so many of those bands recently because they're they've either gotten back together and have are now active and playing fests and stuff like that yeah oh man um you know if i could have the chance to see nirvana yes absolutely properly because that's really that's really the band that like tipped it off for me when i was 11 years old um absolutely i had just never heard anything like that before um yeah you know, that would have been an amazing experience to be able to see that band live. Um, Rage Against the Machine was another one, like super young, like, you know, eighth grade. Like, I didn't have any older brothers or sisters, so I wasn't yeah. exposed to, like, that kind of stuff until a little later. And it was just through sheer, like, luck that, like, yeah, I heard some of that stuff, you know? And, like, <laughs> man, the first time I heard Rage, at that age, I was like, yeah, my yeah. was blown. And I was hoping to be able to see that last tour, but then they canceled it because he right. plays Achilles out. Hopefully yes. it gets, it gets uh, rescheduled because I'll yeah. pay, I'll pay good money to go see that. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I would say those three bands. So we're going back to like nineties stuff, like the stuff when yeah. I was between 11 and like 15 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I don't have these stories about, oh man, I saw like Youth of Today, this <laughs> tiny club my brother took me to. It's like, no, that was yeah. just a kid from the county going to Catholic grade school that yeah. stumbled his way into punk rock. You got you got another artist you can throw at us? 
Oh, one more, one more. I'll, I'll keep it in the same. I'll keep it in the same vein. Allison Chains. Hell yeah! There you go. Original, original. Yeah, with Lane. Yeah, Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that that's a huge band for me too, man. You know what? Um, I'll I'll throw one. I'll throw one recent band on there. Um, Alexis on Fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Only like not just because they are one of my favorite bands ever. I flew out to San Francisco a couple of years ago and got to see them because George, their lead singer, is also a firefighter, and uh, I've listened to a couple interviews with him and like our paths to music and then to the fire service and then back to music yeah. kind of are kind of the same. So I would love to be able to play with that band and sit down and, and talk shop with him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big band for us. I remember yeah. and our friendship. Yeah. For sure. yeah they're so yeah. good, man. Their, yeah. their newest album is unbelievable. It's I know. Really fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. I've been enjoying the hell out of it. Like, yeah. Kudos to those boys. I don't know what I expected. Right. I mean, I expected it to be good, but, you know, they just like their surprises yeah. here and there and, and how they all yeah. like diverged and went on to do good things independently right. as well. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was a huge fan of Gallows even before they had the lead singer change. Um, we, got to play with, we got to play with Gallows in Chicago. Oh, oh nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 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 That's cool. Before yeah. the before the singer change. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're good, man. They are good. They're solid. Um but yeah, you know, the guy from Alexis on Fire went on to be in, in Gallows and Yeah, that was that was shortly after we played with them, I think. I don't think their singer Which I didn't see that coming. I right. didn't really see it I as didn't a think... fit when I heard the news, but then right. once you heard it, it was like, Oh, okay, yeah, this they works. Were, yeah. They, they were they were a monster. Unbelievable live. That's like, yeah. awesome. <clears throat> that was kind of one of those shows that we lucked into too. We were we had played Chicago the night before. Um, one of our buddies was like, Hey man, he's like, Gallows is playing in town tomorrow. And it was the last day of like a tour. And he's like, I, I think I might be able to get you guys on the show. I'm like, Are you fucking serious? So we stuck around for We stuck around for an entire extra day, just like waiting for word that they were going to put us on the show. We found out at like three o'clock in the afternoon and went down to Reggie's and uh, they put us on the show and we got to open and we watched gallows from this little balcony and they were just like i had never really heard them before i'd heard of them yeah I'm like holy cow these guys yeah they bring go it. for it dude yeah i hadn't seen them until i saw them at warp tour it was like oh five or oh six in st louis i they weren't really on my radar but immediately like we were buying like cds shirts yeah um you know and we got really into them there for a while Great and they're man. British. They're British, so I'm right. a sucker for anything. We were like from the UK. We were like having like uh, we'd have like card games, and we get like cigars and shit, and we just like play gallows the whole time, and just listen <laughs> listen to gallows and smoke cigars and drink and play cards. It sounds know? like a it, it sounds was like a whole party. thing. It was a whole thing back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Brad, what's some stuff that you're currently spinning? What's some stuff that's heavy in the rotation for you? Oh, let's see. I'm gonna have to pull it up, and I'll give you a little give you a little taste the taking meds record i've been just listening to yeah, non-stop yeah i still need to so listen to that new record if anybody uh is not doing anything monday night um it's gonna be a killer show Hell yeah. uh the new gel record i've been doing oh, a lot God, got to see great. them at, at fest they were amazing yeah. they were so fun to watch um military gun has been yeah, on that's my, good my son like my son loves military Gun. really Cool. Yeah, that's cool. that's one of his one of his deals. Um, Have you checked out the new Angel Dust? 
I listen to a couple songs. Like I'm not a huge fan of Angel the singles. Dust. The singles are not like I'm talking like the one with the dollar sign in it too. Not like the yeah, new yeah. metalish one. But, no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they. Uh, I will say the singles on this record do not do the record justice. Like the B sides and stuff are excellent in my opinion. Yeah. It's a weird I'll mix. To, I'll have to give it. I'll have to give it another another spin. That was one of those that just kind of. I gave it a spin and it just kind of got lost on me and yeah. didn't really dive back in. Um, some of the other new stuff. Um, I've been listening to, uh, I just got in the mail, Squint's two EPs that they put out on, yeah. uh, on a 12-inch. So I've been jamming some Squint. Um, a lot of the, actually, the bands that they're label mates with are pretty sick on Sunday Drive Records. Yeah. Um, Forget what the one band was called. My Apple Music got all screwed up, and like the other day, it like deleted all of my recently played stuff. Well, slides on Sunday Drive Records. We or, yeah, or not um, still. still, still. Sorry, still. Yeah, yeah, still. Um, listening to the new Hope's Fall uh, remix remaster. Yeah, of, of uh, Satellite Years, which is their their. You want to talk about influences with me, at least personally? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Hope's Fall is up there. I know they're like huge on a lot of guys in the Midwest music scene because I know like all the guys that were in Last Flight Home were like really into big on the Hope's Fall. Hope's Fall. Yeah, they were huge. I was lucky enough to get to see them a couple of years ago when I went down to Furnace Fest, um, and it was like uh, super. Ended up being super emotional because it was 2021, so it was coming out of the pandemic. It was like yeah. the first time anybody had seen like live music in like yeah. so long. Yep. And then I'm I'm in this just shoulder to shoulder with people watching hopes fall play like one of my favorite songs of all time and it was just like yeah i had to, I, I, I had to like turn around and like walk out to the back i'm like this is too much man <laughs> yeah you're uh, wiping your ass <laughs> yeah yeah it's one but of yeah, those moments uh, that hopes fall remix um the gel record is is awesome the oh yeah it's a banger is really good it's like really it, good there's a lot of ladies killing it in hardcore oh, right dude, now man tell yeah. me what man yeah Dying Wish, Scowl. Scowl, I was getting Scowl. Scowl. Yeah, School there's of Brian. There's a, there was another band that I've actually been listening to a lot called um, FAM. It's spelled F-A-I-M. It's mm-hmm. pronounced like in French, though, FAM. They actually just played their last show. They're from Denver. Um, but they kind of sound like they've got a female singer, but they kind of sound like uh, blacklisted with a, with a female singer. Damn. Yeah, so check it out, dude. It's, it's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. So. New Year yeah. of the Knife, sick too. Oh yeah. gosh, man! I'm in like shake. a weird like I don't listen to a ton of hardcore, but like I'm yeah. in I'm in like a phase right now where there's a lot of new stuff yeah. out that like I'm really digging like a lot. Terminal uh, like, Sleep, they're at Australia. I, they're really good. They have yeah, a Czech like lead this, singer. I like this phase of I like this phase that hardcore's in right now. Like I, yeah, just I think agree. it's uh, it's more I think original. Yeah, and kind of. There's a lot of different shades, yeah. it's been in a long time, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of different shades and subgenres that are kind of offshooting. Right. um, I see a lot of, like, homage being paid to, like, older works, even, like, 80s hardcore, but still yet doing something new and fresh. Like, another band that I will, like, sing the praises of, uh, this is kind of, like, off the female-led ones, but, uh, you know, Spy is a band. Oh, yeah. That, you know, we've had the honor of, uh, they let us feature one of their singles on the show. Uh, back when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, those guys are freaking cool. Um, 
that's one of my favorite records that come out this year too. But, but yeah, a lot of good music and hardcore in general, regardless yeah. of who's fronting the band. Right, right now, it's in a good place right now. Yeah, and hey, St. Louis is uh, you know, bearing its flag out there too. Oh, we dude. got bands like music uh, is popping right Squint, now. For St. Louis. Killing it, man! Right, Squint, Direct, Direct Measure, Measure, yeah, yeah, uh, Man with Rope, like our yeah. boy Johnny's Johnny's new band. Um, they were we played with them at our little tape release party at, at records record space and i was like dude you guys rip like anytime johnny johnny x is in a hardcore band in st louis it's probably gonna be pretty good so yeah yeah but our yeah, good friend some... jason and storm ruler they're doing big things they toured with yeah. cannibal corpse in yeah. europe well, that was cool like things. So yeah. things yeah yeah that's 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 and uh, i think they played with dark throne and yeah it was crazy yeah they've they've had all kinds of opportunities too yeah and they're really blowing up it's cool to watch a kid grow good, up and then good get to play shows like that. St. Louis right now, for sure. Yeah, it's it's going off for sure. It's going off. Uh, in fact, I I forget who the article was written by, but it was a nationally syndicated uh, magazine. But uh, they had just done a piece on the St. Louis music scene, how it was having a revival, and it was one of the spots to actually look at. Yeah, and I did share it a few days ago, I believe, on our Instagram stories. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's always. It's always had stuff. Like, right. You know, sure. I can think of like every little era and there's always sure. been at least one or two bands that have kind of gone on and done like big things. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, when we were coming up and kind of just getting started, like humanoids were like kind of the, the hot band of the moment. And like they played fest like the year before we played and that, yeah. that kind of like, like, dude, if they played like, dude, we could play too, man. Like, sure. You know, so there's always been that stuff going on. I think there definitely are, volume wise there's there's always more music now yeah. but um the amount of like really good bands going on right now in this town is is really cool to see yeah i agree 100 percent. well brad uh we really thank you for your time it was great getting to know you a little bit better on the way out let's know let's let people know where to follow you and we'll give them a quick reminder about the show next weekend too yeah so um our band instagram is the disappeared music um that's the band instagram Mine is just B Jokers, first initial, last name. And like I said, it's pretty much just some of my photography work. Um, those are really the only two means of communication. Like we have a Facebook page, but sure. if you message us on Facebook, like we are not going to respond because we don't use it. So just shoot me, a, <laughs> shoot me a message on uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we do have a Bandcamp page. I think it's the disappeared stl.bandcamp or whatever. All of our merch is up for sale on there. We've got all of our past records, um, vinyl, our tapes, T-shirts, like all kinds of good stuff. So, And then the show next week. So stoked awesome. about Duck Room. Saturday awesome. night, 7.30. Well, of course, you guys know, listen to us, know how we do. We're going to have all the links in the episode details. So if you guys are hearing this and you guys get to a safe place, if you're driving around, wait. We got the links in the episode details. Yep. So we'll have all of it for you. All <laughs> of the disappeared stuff and follow Brad as well. So we're going to have that linked up and we will actually have a link for the event as well. So you can pre buy tickets. If you guys are yeah, interested in going out to the show, win some free t-shirts. Yeah. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You guys yeah. are doing that. That's yeah. Cool. I haven't seen a lot of that sort of the promotion going on. So that's, that's really nice to see yeah, you guys doing cool. that. And it's a really good idea. Yeah. So hats yeah. off to you guys for being a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. should be fun. Well, Brad, we're really excited to see what you guys are going to do whenever you guys got back together. I was really excited to see that, too, you know, and uh, I'm just so happy to see you guys doing it because you guys are, are very, in my opinion, a champion of St. Louis music. You know, whenever somebody talks about a St. Louis band, if I was to, you know, somebody was to ask me to like, 
grab a handful example of bands. So like, this is the pinnacle of St. Louis music. I think the disappears in that conversation without question. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I will pass those kind words along to the, to the rest of the guys. And I'm sure they appreciate it as well. So, you know, we just like playing music with each other and we care about this city and, you know, y'all for sticking around after the break it was a big time pleasure to talk to brad from the disappeared yeah he was great um he's like doing all kinds of great cool stuff too i didn't know he was a firefighter and emt and all that so that's yeah. cool man hats off to him thank you for everything that he does because that's a big job up there especially yeah. in south city man like yeah. it's it's wild it's wild up there <laughs> yeah yeah for sure <laughs> it's one of those you know emergency services that people I I feel like take for granted, you know, Absolutely. Like whatever. T- anytime somebody says like firefighter, I think you know at least people of our age or whatever, probably like shades of your mind go back to like things like nine eleven. Of course, right, you know, like right. those were like the number one heroes that were saving lives, pulling people from rubble. You know, this and that, dealing with the effects of it present day. So, but like people don't understand just like the everyday stuff that they deal with. You know, like right, yeah. trouble of that you can have. You know, with dealing with smoke environments and things like that you know the carcinogens and some terrible shit that you're breathing in and they do more than just that so yeah, yeah hats off for that line of service that's uh you know it's hard work and uh but somebody's got to do it you know yeah so yeah, kudos absolutely. brad so yeah guys we're very excited about what the disappeared has in the works going forward of course check out the episode details so you guys can stay in touch with uh, brad and the disappeared and everything that they got going on in particular and let's get out to that show support them support West Hoffman as well. Yeah. Oh, Wesley boy. Yeah. Former guest. Yep. Former guest. So they're going to be jamming together coming up. So you guys need cool to get out. Cool to see out. those guys cross-pollinating out there. We'll take all the credit <laughs> in the world. It's our it's our yeah. doings, right? Yeah, it's the <laughs> ATI the, magic. Yeah. <laughs> they got, the, got that ATI hot brand, right? <laughs> yeah, we're giving them the rub. So, and no, we say that all in fun. These guys are like way credible. Didn't need anything to do with us. It's just a joy to get to be able to talk to people like that and feature talented people in st louis and what they what they're doing and what they got going on so yeah they've been jamming for a long time and they're still doing it man so hats off to them that's awesome and i i mean i'm really excited i know we said banger when he talked about you know the newer, newer song and didn't lean into that too much but yeah these these two new tracks they got going i'm excited to see where the disappears going you know with recorded music going forward too absolutely i think it's gonna be excellent excellent so guys let's talk about what we got coming up next we got like a quick turnaround by the time you hear this the live uh, event will probably have already happened, but you'll know what's coming next in the recording queue. So uh, our next episode is going to be with the band Horsewhip on Iodine Recordings. We're very excited to be talking to these guys. These guys have uh, roots all the way back into the early 90s in the Northeast hardcore and East Coast uh, hardcore scenes and stuff. So, And, of course, you guys know that Iodine connection back when we talked to Jerome's Dream 
And uh, so we're going to be probably getting a lot more iodine artists going forward. Uh, Casey over at Iodine's the man, and we appreciate like yeah, thanks so much routinely talking to us and and sending us talent. And um, you know, it's just it's a, it's a great relationship that we've started to build with Casey and Iodine. So we're really excited about having that conversation and a band we talked about today, Quicksand. They're on Iodine, and that's going to be a dream band for me if we can land them at some point. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, yeah. Hopefully, Casey can talk them into it to humor us for at least forty minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hell, yeah. 10 minutes. I'll yeah. take whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll take whatever I can get, especially <laughs> if it's uh, old Walter talking to us. Yeah, man, that would be a dream <laughs> without question. And he's got, I mean, you can talk about Gorilla Biscuits and all the various things that he's done over the years, right. too. He's just an insane musician. Yep, we got the uh, Horse Whip interview coming. They just released an album today, so guys, check them out on uh, streaming platforms anywhere. Uh, of course, Iodine's got that relationship with Death Wish, so you can on the Death Death Wish Inc. store, you guys can actually purchase stuff. Uh, that is Iodine's. Uh, Death Wish is a distributor for Iodine, so be sure and check out what they got going on. And uh, after that, we're gonna have Jason Hebb, friend of the show, back to the show for his Times two. second, yeah, yeah, his second appearance on the show. He's gonna be talking about what they got going on, and and Jason's got a connection. I believe that Gabe, the drummer for Brad's band that disappeared, is the drummer of one of Heb's bands, which is Grave Neighbors. Right. Um, and then Gabe also records all their stuff, and then Heb's bands practice it encapsulated and stuff too. So it's going to be a nice little uh, connection, a synergy of a talent, if you will. Yeah. A little bit of crossover. Was there some news for uh, No Point too? Didn't they have some? I, mean, no Point, or, or, yeah, I think he's going to be describing, or well, they they have a new. No Point has a new guitarist in the band. Okay, okay. But yeah. I also th- believe they're going to be releasing a new album, or at least that's what they were supposed to be doing. So, oh, so there we'll might be, be talking some to exciting new about stuff. That. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Further, I don't know if like the guitarist change has like derailed plans for them or whatever. I doubt it did, but we'll get the official word. Right, right. You know. Yeah. So we're going to be talking on the Twitch feed. We're going to be talking Monday night to Horse Whip. Thursday night, we're going to be talking and. Good old friend of the show, Brandon Stewart's going to be back in town, so we're going to be recording and banking some content with him, too. Yeah. On top of that, we're going to do the pin watch along. We'll be dropping at some point as a special pin, a wild-ass movie that we've made allusions to and jokes and stuff on the show. That's why <laughs> we have been making tons of incest jokes in particular lately. So <laughs> It's fitting been, for this area. So, <laughs> yeah. so people probably didn't notice. Yeah. So the, the whole pin deal, <laughs> if you, I'm not even going to describe it. Just Google it, 1988, read all about it, based off of a book, and you your world is about to just totally be ruined, and your mind's about to be blown. So, <laughs> Right on. Yeah, PIN, P-I-N, check it out. All right. Yeah, so I'll leave you folks with that for this week. We appreciate your time as always. I'm Barrett, at Barry Insane on Instagram and Twitter. He is Josh underscore Joshua Welch on yes. Instagram, if you want to follow him and see what he's all up to. And... For this week, we are out of time. So until next time, good night and good luck. And stay safe out there, everyone.
Hey, this is Josh from ATI Podcast. For show updates and news about the podcast, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast 22 on Twitter at podcast underscore ATI, on Instagram at the ATI Podcast, on TikTok at ATI Podcast. DMs are always welcome. Have a question for the show? You can always email us at atipodcastquestions at gmail.com. Stay safe out there. This is Barrett from the ATI Podcast. Each week, Josh and I discuss current events, pop culture, music, TV, movies, politics, sports. Nothing is out of bounds. You can also tune in to learn about rising artists, small businesses, whether it's music, graphic design, filmmaking, or even a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop shop. We will be spotlighting folks and their endeavors. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Anchor, or anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Just search ATI Podcast. We would like to thank you for your continued support, and as always, please stay safe out there.